Praise the Lord. So, and as I was, I was studying and, you know, trying to, you know, you know when, you, when you study, you, you, you often preach out of the things God is talking to you about. And, you know, I was, I was listening to a, you know, I listened to Pastor Craig and a number of other ministers, clearly, and I was listening to somebody, and they actually said something about tongues. And, and in the context of um, bringing up that there was these individuals in, in, in a plane, and, and, and the plane, you know, was about to go down, and there was six people, and five people were um, praying in tongues, and one was... Um, magnifying God and rebuking and binding the devil. And the five people who were praying in tongues um, perished, but the one who um, bound the enemy survived. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. Because for me and for any minister who um, um, has achieved anything, and I'm not saying, I'm saying for those who who I've listened to and, and you know, studied after. For anyone who has achieved anything in ministry, who's done mighty works, the gifts of the were, Spirit was flowing in their lives, anyone like that, everyone will tell you, um, the next best thing to salvation is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That the next best thing after salvation is being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they give credit to much of the things that they're able to accomplish by praying in the Spirit. So when I heard that, I was like, Wow, that, that, that kind of blows my mind. But I recognize something. Um, this minister was speaking in the context of understand the arsenal of prayer that you have. And understand where things fit. Become skillful in the things of God. Become skillful in prayer. And when you, you, you come to God and approach God using his word and, and in that skillfulness, you will see results. And I thought to myself, Lord, I, oh, wow, I mean, I, that blew my mind. I would have been one of those guys praying in tongues because I wouldn't have thought about the other, the, the other, um, other um, um, types of prayer. And, and I also recognize that the church in this day and this age has to become more skillful, proficient at understanding what it is that God um, expects from us and how to use the arsenal that God has provided for us. You know, you, you have the prayer of consecration and dedication. Reverend Taylor last week talked about the prayer of, of consecration and dedication with, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You have the, the prayer of faith. You have the prayer of binding and loosing. You have the prayer of praying in tongues. You have the prayer of worship. You have the prayer of casting your cares. You have the prayer of supplication and intercession. I mean, these are all things that God has provided for us. But I, I'm sure if you ask most people, most people would probably say, you know, they pray in tongues and they pray in tongues maybe two minutes a day, maybe five minutes a day, not a long time. And those other prayers, you know, they really don't get into because they really don't understand. But bind the devil and they'll move on. But I'll tell you, if, if we are in this era, if we don't become more skillful, given what we're about to enter into, yeah. we're going to miss out on some of the things that God has for us. Yeah. And, and, I, and I kind of, you know, I don't like to get into politics. I don't like to get into, you know, the, you know from, from, from the pulpit, those things that are, that are happening outside there. I like to stick with the word. But if you look at some of the things that is carrying on in some of the countries around this world, you know that the church isn't praying like they need to. That's true. You, you, you know that, we, that there are things that are happening that the Lord is going to look and say, it's the church's fault. Yeah. Because we have, we have missed out on 
um, taking our position of authority and walking the way God wants us to walk. So, so when it, when it, all of this, all of this, you know, the, the praying and so on, all of this, I, I thought, Lord, you know, what is it? What is it you want to talk to people about? He said they need to become more proficient in moving in the things of the Spirit. And they, they need to be more proficient in understanding that praying in tongues is important and is critical. But they have to um, know how to navigate the things in the Spirit as they pray. And I thought, okay. So, so I, you know, I, I went back and I started to study on it. And I, and I recognized there are, there are a lot of benefits to praying in tongues. A lot of things that, you know, oftentimes, you know, we've missed. Um, and we take tongues and, and we bunch, put it in a bag. We shake it up and we say, okay, great. You know, praying in tongues. And it all seems the same to us, but it's all different. Okay? And, and when Jesus in John 16 said this, he said it is expedient. Because tongues, let me tell you about the beginning of tongues. Tongues is there because God is looking for a way for you to participate in moving and changing things on this earth. Okay? So when Jesus in John 16 said um, to the disciples, it is expedient for you to go away. For if, you do, if I do not go away, I will not spend, send the comfort to you, comforter to you. And the comforter, being the Holy Ghost, is the one who now does the work on the earth as Jesus leaves. But the first thing Jesus said after, after he, he, said, he said, he said, I'm going to give gifts unto men, but I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you. And when the Holy Ghost entered the earth, evidence of baptism of, of the Holy Ghost, evidence of, of being filled with the Spirit is praying in tongues. And the reason that was one of the first things that Jesus said and the first thing, first thing in your arsenal that he presented you with because he was telling you that the Holy Ghost is there to help. He's there to walk you through things, but you need to know how to work with him. Okay? So if, as I turn to my Bible, I'll just go over because I'm going to give you a brief, brief synopsis of, of, of praying in tongues and I'm going to get to some of the benefits of praying in the Spirit and, 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 and talking in tongues. Go over to Acts 2.4. Acts 2, 1-4. It says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each other, on them, one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if there's anything again that is, can be really controversial in the church, um, and things that um, you know, will oftentimes divide, things that often will get people heated. It's about talking in tongues. And, and the reason that happens is because it is such a key benefit. It is so important to, to do that. I tell my kids every day, I say, look, do you pray in tongues today? Right? And I ask myself the same question. Right? Did you pray in tongues today? And sometimes, you know, when you hear it, you think, yeah, I pray in tongues. You know, we grew up in Pentecost. I mean, this church is, is about Pentecost. This, is, this church is about, you know, praying in tongues. But, but you ask people, how often do you do it? And, and many people will look at you and they'll say, well, you know, I do it 10 minutes a day. I'll do it 15. You know, I'll do it 20. But it's because we don't understand the importance of it. Okay? We don't understand that in praying in tongues, we take a position that, that is a position of, of privilege. It's a position of, of opportunity. It's a position where, where we affect change unlike any other creature, any, any other creation, any other person can do on this earth yeah. by praying in the Spirit and working with God. Acts 2, 1 to 4 says, And then we're all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I then flip over to Acts 10. And why Acts? Acts is a book that continues to be written today. It's not finished. Okay? It continues to be written. Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those 
who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed and were astonished. As many came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There are many instances of this in the scripture, of praying in tongues and magnifying God. Flip over to Acts 19. Acts 19. I just want to ground you before I, I get into some of the, you know, the, the benefits of praying in tongues. Acts 19.1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with, this, with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We see again in Acts 19, that there's praying in tongues. Other scriptures in, 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 in the book of Acts about praying in tongues. Why? Because it's important. Jesus gave emphasis to it. Paul gave emphasis to it. it was, it's emphasized throughout the scriptures. Why? Because it's important. We can't, we can't um, allow our flesh to take precedence over what the Holy Ghost is saying. Okay, I've spoken to many people and some of them tell me, you know, Reverend Greg, you know, I, 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 I want to pray in tongues, you know, but I, I just can't, I can't get up in the morning, right? Um, or, you know, I, I pray five minutes here and, and, and that's all I can do. You are always going to be opposed in your flesh because your flesh is contrary to the spirit. So there will always be this opposition where your flesh wants to do one thing, but the spirit is telling you another. If you expect to get comfortable in, um, in the flesh, to pray in the Holy Ghost, that usually does not happen. And the reason it does not happen is because your spirit is contrary to the flesh and the flesh is contrary to the spirit. So you are always looking um, inside. The soul is the middle ground. So what you decide to do is you decide with the soul, which, which is the mind, will, and emotions, I'm going to side in with the spirit and I'm going to renew my mind to the word of God and, and I'm going to obey God and do what the word says. And that's what we end up doing. We end up siding with the spirit and then that allows us to overcome the flesh. But if your thinking is that I can't see a benefit, I can't see a justification, I can't see things changing as quickly as I want to change, I'll tell you this. In praying in the Holy Ghost, sometimes you are praying for things that you don't even know and you will never ever come across. You will never meet the result of your prayer. You will never meet who you prayed for on the other side. Why is that? Because the Holy Ghost is going throughout the entire earth and he's looking for people to pray. He's looking for people to stand in the gap. He's moving and he's shaking. He's taking Seven and, a, seven and a half billion people on the earth and as the church prays he's saying where can I sh shift somebody to get them to go and speak to that one where can I do this to get this one healed where can I do that to get this word for it to this one and so when you think about that and all the things that he is doing and how important you are to, to this it gives you motivation to say I got to get up and pray because it's not just about me I got to get up and pray okay Let's go over to um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 1 Corinthians 12, when you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 4. I shall read 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14. Let me, let me do this. 1 Corinthians 14. Um, 
Yeah, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to, 1 to 4. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Notice in verse, 1 Corinthians 14 too. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So understanding this, when you're praying in tongues, um, it's a mystery to you oftentimes. You're, you're not going to know what you're saying. You're not going to know, um, and it's designed that way. It's designed that way because in praying in tongues, it is a direct line to God. It is, um, it's like picking up the phone and saying, Lord, you know, what is it that, that, that you want? And by faith, you step into that, that place of prayer and you begin to now allow the Holy Ghost to speak through you a perfect prayer to God. So a lot of times people get confused over, well, you know, I, I don't know what I'm praying. I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. I, and it makes me uncomfortable. It's, you're uncomfortable because of the flesh. I remember one young lady I was talking to one time. You know, I was talking to her about praying in the Holy Ghost and even got her as far as um, speaking a few words in tongues. So, so, so she was praying in tongues. And I, and I, and I you know, called her, you know, saw her several months later, said, how's things going? She goes, well, you know, I, I don't understand what I'm saying. And I had to explain to her, it's designed that way. It's designed so you don't understand what you're saying. Because you are limited in your understanding. You are limited in knowledge, but the Holy Ghost is unlimited. And so he allows you to participate by you exercising your faith and stepping out and doing something that seems uncommon to you. But the more that you do it, the more that your spirit will take um, precedence, and the more that you'll enjoy the times of fellowship with God, and the more that you will, you'll, you'll step deeper into things of the Spirit. I remember Brother Hagin saying this. He, he, goes, he goes, stepping into things of the Spirit is kind of like, um, you know, you, 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 you first see something, but the more you go into it, um, the more you see. See? So when you start praying in tongues, it's almost like you, you, you begin... But oftentimes we end before we begin, or we, we, we begin, we're there for like five minutes, 10 minutes, and then, then we quit, right? But, but I tell you, when, when you step into that and begin to participate really, um, you, what ends up happening is that you begin to see more. God begins to show you more. And, and the design of it is so you, you actually can't um, you know, do it with your understanding. And it's a good thing, so I'm just opening this up here. Yeah, it's a good thing that way. The other thing about, about tongues that you, 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 ought to, you ought to realize as well too. I, I said we put it in a bag and we shake everything up, okay? Tongues, there's tongues in your private life and there is tongues um, for the assembly. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And tongues is in that list of gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning spirit, gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, tongues, interpretation and prophecy. Tongues is in that list. That also for a lot of people brings confusion because they're like, well, it's a gift of the Spirit. So it means that, and I know the gifts of the Spirit only function, functions as the Holy Spirit wills. So um, he's not prompting me to, to, to pray in tongues. And so I, I, I'm not doing it. The understanding, to give some clarity to, the, to that, there's tongues in the assembly and then there's tongues in um, your personal life for edification. Um, the two are different. Tongues in the assembly, which would be like 
you know, a gift of the Spirit where I would be here or someone would be here and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost falls on you and he kind of prompts you to, and you have an unction to pray in the Spirit and you begin to pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, um, you, you, have this, you also have that same sense of, okay, I'm finished. Sometimes God will then take you right on from tongues to interpretation um, if that gifting, those giftings are there for you. And you begin to interpret what it is that you've said, right? Sometimes you will pray in tongues and someone else, it could be Reverend Taylor, whoever, will begin to interpret, you know, um, what is said, okay? Um, now, that is tongues for the assembly. And that doesn't happen for everybody because not everybody has that gift. Sure. Not everybody has those gifts function in their, in their lives. So if you take that concept or take that, 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 that scripture and say, well, I don't feel prompted, so I'm not going to do it in my personal life, you won't do it because you don't have that gift. And the moment that you try to step into that gift, um, in the church, you open up yourself to, 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 to things if you're not careful, okay? So I'll say this. Understand that tongues for interpretation, tongues with interpretation or tongues in the assembly is different for tongues in your personal life. In your personal life, there is no limitation to how much you can pray, how long you can pray, um, and what you can navigate in the things of the Spirit. In the assembly, it's different. Okay, so when you, again, separate those two and say, okay, all right, I don't have that gift there, but tongues is just more than, it's not just in this one big bag, it's different. There's tongues for the assembly, I don't have that gift, but there's tongues for my personal life, I can pray this. Once you decide that, let's walk down that path, okay? Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 in the Amplified says this, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. So, again, as we're, we're talking about, um, you know, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, and your mind not, not being engaged, and your mind not, be, your mind not being unproductive, um, it's not going to be productive. Don't expect it to be productive. And so what you're going to have to find is when you're praying in the Spirit, oftentimes you will have to fix your mind on something or put your mind to close and focus on your spirit as you're praying. You don't do that, your mind will wander and drift. And as your mind begins to wander and drift, next thing you know, you're, you're daydreaming, next thing you know, you're falling asleep, okay? And so what ends up happening is people often, again, they'll start to pray in tongues, and as they're praying in tongues, they're whispering in tongues. And that whisper is just like somebody gently speaking to you, and all of a sudden you're snoring, and it's like... <laughs> and it's happened to all of us. And so you, 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 you've got to get up and you've got to get someplace where, where you're comfortable. I remember um, going to a prayer meeting one time. And, and look, things of the Spirit, you learn them. And you learn them over time. And I was in a group of people and we were praying. And, you know, people came in and they were tired. And when you're tired, it's much more difficult to enter into things of the Spirit. So, so they were tired, and, and you could sense in the atmosphere how it was a little bit heavy, or you know, you just were like, you felt like you were pulling people along. You couldn't get to the place where there was this free flow, this river flowing. And, and I knew that people, people were tired, right? But, but the challenge with that is, is, is that when you're fatigued like that, um, it's, it's again very difficult to enter in. So I tell people, look, when you get up in the morning, if you got to get up and wash your face and walk around, then do it. Yeah. It's a practical thing. Get up and walk. Go, go do it. Because it's more important. I remember Jerry Svelte saying this when he, he started getting into the things of, of God and reading the Bible. He'd have to get up. He'd have to sit on the bathtub, on the cold bathtub, yeah. to get himself going. Why? Because his desire for God and to move into something that God had for him was more important than what his flesh was talking to yes, him about. Right. Amen? Yes. 
So one of the benefits we find is that you pray apart from your understanding. You pray from a position where you don't mentally know what is really happening, but that's okay because God designed it that way. Yeah. A second benefit of praying in tongues is um, praying in tongues can bring revelation of the word. This area um, is, an, is, you know, is almost like I would say an, an art um, where people have let it slip. Some because they didn't understand it, others because um, they didn't want to enter into it. Praying in tongues for revelation. Paul said this. He said, and he, remember, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said this, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, when you recognize that the revelation that Paul had um, was so deep that he was able to write two-thirds of, of, of the New Testament, that it was on the level of the revelation that Moses actually received. But more. See, because it was, it's for this dispensation, it's for us, it's for the church, right? Which has a better covenant established on better promises, right? For him to receive the things that he did and to be able to communicate those things and to allow the Holy Ghost to speak to him and to write these things, he only got it because he spent much time in the spirit. Yes, we know Jesus appeared to him. Yes, you know, he talks about, I, was, you know, I know a man who was taken away to paradise. Um, and he heard you know, words that aren't, aren't uh, proper for a man to utter. Yes, we know that, that, that those things happened. Yes, we know he had visions and we, we know he had dreams. But oftentimes, the visions and dreams... When you read through scripture and you're looking at the, at the angels showing up and you're looking at the visions and the dreams that people have, you think they, have, they had it every day. They didn't have it every day. It would, there were long periods of time oftentimes between things happened, right? You know, you might see an angel today, you don't see him for another year and a half, two years. There were, there were periods of time. What sustained them, what kept them going was that they had a relationship with the Lord. And that relationship in praying in tongues was what allowed them to get the revelation, Okay, now it's different for us, different in this respect. The revelation is written and there will be no revelation written after this, okay, this Bible, okay. Um, but what is here is God's word and it's supernatural. Amen. So that's why you can have theologians read the scriptures and they argue about scriptures and they debate, debate about the scriptures, but they're not saved. Or um, they're saved, but they don't believe half of the Bible or they explain it away. It's because revelation doesn't come. Right. And, and when revelation doesn't come, you're not gonna understand this book. Right. I remember one, a, a gentleman years ago I heard about, um, he kept debating about the Bible, he kept debating about you know, the things, and he, he wasn't sure if it was the word of God. And as he sat there one day, the Bible was opened up um, in, in his room, and all of a sudden fire, like tongues of fire started to come out of the word. And God was demonstrating to him that this is my word. It means something. Now I'll tell you, you're not going to understand the depth of God's word unless you meditate in it, unless you pray over it. Okay? And this is why Paul, this is why you know, what Paul received was, was a miraculous, astounding. But, but for us, this is why we have an opportunity to go deep into the things of the spirit and to understand God better is because we have tongues we can pray over our Bible. I remember um, it was Smith Wigglesworth who said this. He said, um, I, don't, I don't pray um, in Hebrew. I don't read the Bible in Hebrew. I don't read the Bible in Greek. I read the Bible in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in tongues, when you're reading, sometimes I'll read the scriptures 
And, you know, I'll mutter it to myself and I'll go over it and I'll read it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm praying in tongues. You know, more of a love, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he speaks in a tongue. And I'm looking at it and I'm speaking. For he speaks in a tongue. And I read it again. And I speak it again. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. And then you go back and you read. God will give you revelation. Okay? Now, all the revelation might not come at that moment, but you keep doing it, yeah. and the revelation will start to come. Yeah. You know, everything for us is drive-through, right? I need everything today. And oftentimes, you will find that with, it, with God, um, your faithfulness and your commitment and your dedication to applying yourself to some truth, um, in that dedication process, um, you'll begin to, he'll begin to unfold things. I remember Brother Hagin saying he used to pray the prayers, um, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of it. And he said he prayed those prayers hundreds of times, hundreds of times before he started to get revelation, deep revelation of the scriptures. We can't, you know, we take, careful how I say this, we, we can't take God for granted. You see? You know, when you have those in other you know, religions who, you know, they do their acts, you know, and, you know, whatever they, they do, and in those acts, they're fleshly, um, but they're faithful to them. They're faithful to do those acts. They do them consistently. Um, I remember one, one guy talking to me one time and he said, yeah, yeah, my mother gets up at four o'clock every morning um, and part of her religion is, you know, she bathes herself. She'll, she takes a shower, she cleanses herself. That's part of her religion, right? And she does it every morning and she's been doing it for years. And I thought, man, yeah, that's interesting. Get some Christians to get up every morning for two months and pray to God and it ain't gonna happen. Why? We can't take God for granted. You know, it, it costs Jesus everything, but you know, you've got to, we have to recognize and appreciate the fact that um, God trusts us. When you came into the kingdom, you see, before you even entered in, God had a plan for you from the foundation of the world. And I believe he has a plan for everybody from the foundation of the world. I believe, but in his foresight, he also knows who's going to enter in. Okay, God knows who's going to enter in. He still reaches out because it's up to them to decide. But he knows, you know, God's omniscient. He knows everything, okay? Um, so, so, so this, your story, your perfect story was written. God has a plan for you in the body. He set you as a stone. Now, I'm picturing somebody who you would think that they're challenged in some areas. You would think that because they're challenged, that the work that God has for them would be any less important than the, word, than the work that he has for somebody who's highly educated, um, mentored, um, and you know, um, spends a lot of time in, in, in the word. I, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what your position in life is. It doesn't matter um, how educated you are. It doesn't matter, you know, what's happened. For God, it is, I'm here for you, and let me unfold my plan to you. 
And praying in the Spirit will help you do that. Praying in the Holy Ghost will help you do that. Um, it's not too late. You know, I, I know some of you are thinking, you know, that, you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm past the time, you know, the, of my prime, I'm, I'm past, um, you know, I, I can't go back to school or, you know, I've worked so hard in this one field or, you know, I've, I've, I've got a family now. Um, but I'm going to tell you, there, there's nothing when you begin to reach out to God, there's nothing that he can't do through you. There's nothing. All you have to have is a desire. Press into this. And as you press into the word of God, as you press in in prayer, God's going to meet you. Some of you have been discouraged. I know it. Some of you have been discouraged. Some of you have been waiting on God and praying for a long time for some things. And, and, and you're saying, God, like, where are you? Where are you? Like, I've been in this for such a long time. Where are you? And I'll tell you, it's not on God's side. It's never on God's side. Um, it's always on our side. And what we need to do is we need to plug in and get the revelation, get the answer. Because he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Amen? Amen. God will give it to you. Um, the third thing, third benefit of praying in tongues. We speak mysteries to God. And pray for things that we are not aware of. I kind of said that earlier too in 1 Corinthians 14 too. But I, I want to take, you know, pick that up and, and go to kind of Galatians 4.19 very quickly. Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians 4.19 very quickly. It says this. Galatians 4.19. My little children, for whom I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you. In the Amplified, it says, My little children, for whom I am again suffering birth pangs, until Christ is completely and permanently formed, molded within you. Um, you know what I talked about praying in tongues and um, praying out mysteries? Well, this is one of the mysteries that you pray out. You begin to participate um, in the things which are far-reaching, away from you, um, could be present, could be future, um, and you don't know it. Let me give you a case in point. I remember there was a lady who was praying in the spirit in Australia. I've told this story before. And, um, you know, she was sleeping. God got her up, said, said to her, I'm start praying in the Holy Ghost. She had a burden to pray. So she got up and she started praying. As she was praying, that heavy burden of travail started to come on her till Christ is formed in them um, or till... Um, uh, this particular one is, 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 is about growth and development. But she was praying that heavy travail in the spirit. And as she was doing that, she continued to pray until she began to sing or laugh in the spirit. When she sung or laughed in the spirit spontaneously, that is indication that the thing that you've been praying for has been completed. Okay? Um, that God has done the thing. So she continued praising and worshiping God and she went back to sleep. But she took some notes because during that time, she had a vision of a man um, and it was a quick vision and she saw him, she saw his face, she saw a blanket over him and then all of a sudden she saw a blanket taken from, from over him. And so she wrote it down in her journal. A few months later, she went to this conference and there was a man, the man who she saw in her dream. He was a missionary, okay? And so she, so she said, I've got to speak to you. So long story short, they traded notes. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, that is exactly what happened to me. I died. 
And, and, and after, you know, then I, I came back again. And the lady said, I saw that. I saw them roll the sheet over your head and I saw them pull the sheet back. He said, yeah, yeah, I, I did die. Um, but the Lord brought me back. What would have happened if she said, I'm too tired and I can't get up and pray? What the Holy Ghost does is this. He begins to go, who else can I get to pray? I'm tired. I can't get up to pray. Who else goes to somebody else? Oh, I'm tired. I can't get to pray. Goes to somebody else. Okay, they pray for two minutes. Okay, but, but then they, you know, they, they taper off. He goes to somebody else. Imagine, a, it's a surprise how God gets things done um, with us being sometimes as temperamental as we are. I'm trying to communicate to you the benefits, but the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't want it to come across as, you know, although I you know, kind of sense it might be as heavy, but this is serious. I mean, it really is serious. You know, praying in the tongues is, is fun, it's, but this is serious. I mean, we are coming on a, on a time that uh, we're going to have to step it up, especially in this church. God has called this church to do magnificent, mighty things, but it, it doesn't happen unless we participate. Right? Everybody's got to do their part. Everybody's got to participate. And when we do, that's when we see the far-reaching and the fulfillment of the promises that God has made to this church. Amen? Amen. Um, a fourth thing that, that, that you know, is, is a real blessing and that is a benefit um, um, when we pray in, in the Spirit. Uh, when we pray in the Spirit, we also fine-tune our spirit to the Spirit of God. It's almost like you take a pitchfork, right? And you knock it against something and you, you, you know, they tune the piano. They knock it against and they tune the note. They knock it against to tune the note. The more you pray in tongues, the more you are getting used to doing it. The more that you become sensitive to God. Um, the more that you, um, he reveals to you. Um, and in all of that, what you are actually doing is fine-tuning your spirit to the Holy Ghost. You're fine-tuning your spirit to be receptive to Him, to move with Him, to be able to flow with Him, the more you do it. It's almost like, and I don't want you know, to belittle it to this, but it's almost like practice becomes perfect, right? Um, the more you're going at something, the more you're digging into something, the more you become proficient at something, um, now, the easier it becomes, the easier it becomes to be able to tell certain things. So I used to love what Brother Hagen used to say, and I know he prayed in the Spirit a lot. He used to say that um, when I go someplace and I'm in a room and there's something that, you know, I might sense, I begin to put up my spiritual antenna. What, is he, what does he mean by that? He's beginning to search his spirit to see if there's something that the Holy Ghost wants to say. Um, or he's searching his spirit to see if, if God is, 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 is saying, you know, watch out for this, or I want you to go there. He's looking for instruction. Yeah. Now, sometimes we, you know, we go with the kids and we go, we go shopping, right? And we'll, you know, go to Costco and whatever. And not just Costco, but, you know, some other retailer. And as, as we're walking around, there's sometimes that I will get this heaviness in my spirit. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm enjoying out here. I'm having fun, I'm, I'm shopping, you know, we're spending money, we're buying stuff, you know, we're eating these big, long Costco hot dogs and whatever, this, this is, you know, what is the issue? But I'm, dis I'm so disturbed, and it's not the shopping, I mean, I've learned with, you know, um, you know, three females or four females, you know, one, two, three, four, yeah, four females <laughs> to, to, to just follow with the cart, 
right? You know, my wife is probably sitting there saying, yeah, but when you're ready to go, you let everybody know, right? <laughs> you learn to kind of follow with the cart, right? Um, and just kind of, you know, mosey on and, and, and just, you know, hang back. But, but there are times where I am just so disturbed and I'm not quite sure what's going on. And it's so fun now having the mask because with the mask, I can just kind of pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, yeah, nobody, you know and I'm just, you know, right now it's like, now we should have, now we should have, you know, it's, nobody's really looking, right? So I, I can pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and oftentimes it's like, no, 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 we, we, there's, there's something not right here, we've got to leave. Right, or, or you know, I, whatever I'm praying about has been averted or fixed or, or diverted. Um, or if there's, you know, spiritual things going on that are a disruption um, to me, you know, um, they're, they're dealt with. Um, it, it's such a, it's, there's, so much, there's so much room, there's so much opportunity, you know, for us to, to delve into this. It's, it's a journey that's really exciting yeah. when you think about it. Um, it becomes exciting when you step into these things of the Spirit. And the gateway into them, the entrance into them, is praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Um, let's go over the, to the fifth point. Let's go over to Jude 20. Jude 20. Jude, Hebrews, Jude. Hebrews, Peter, John. Jude, Revelation. Jude 20. There, say amen. Amen. It says this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The root word of build carries the thought of building a house or erecting a building. Um, it's almost like to build something from the foundation and build it up. Um, it's almost can be akin to restoring by building. Um, it also carries the thought of to establish, to construct. When you're praying in tongues, you are actually building things into your spirit. Yes, amen. You are building layers. It's almost like you're, you're building um, revelations. Um, you know, you're building structure. Um, and, and what do I mean by that? The Holy Ghost... You could be strong um, in um, faith for finances and weak in the healing department or uh, mediocre in the walking God's will department um, or you have character challenges that you're trying to overcome. Um, you're, you're, you're prone to temper, you know, bad, bad temper. Um, these are things that need to be perfected. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, what he does is he begins to deal with those things on the inside. Okay? And, how he, and you begin to pray them out. How does, he, how does he do that? Sometimes he will, a scripture will start to rise up um, when you're in that event or something. And you get a scripture. He's building something. Or um, you're praying, praying about something and um, what you've prayed about, the pastor begins to preach on and teach on, and it's something that you really need and you, that you've been, you've been praying of, the thing that you, you've dealt with, um, because the Lord is able to get that over to him. Um, it could be almost anything, but what you're doing is you are erecting a structure for strength. Okay? And, and if we don't step into that, then there are things which um, the Holy Ghost is trying to get over to us that you won't get. Just not going to get. It's not possible. Um, you can sit here in church, and the pastor comes up, he's prepared, and, or she's prepared, and they're ministering the word. And as they're ministering the word, the Holy Ghost will be talking to you about stuff. 
But I will guarantee you something. You can't live off of that. What do I mean you can't live off of that? Right. Most people walk out before they hit the parking lot, before they hit the car, they've forgotten what the pastor's preached about. Because if you ask them out there, you say, well, what did he talk about today? I don't know, but it was a really good message. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because the enemy comes to steal the word. Okay? So what we do is, you know, just as a practice, we take the word, we listen to it, and we listen to it over at home, we take notes, we go out, and we, we revisit it, okay? But it's all part of studying, Amen. right? And so this edifice that God is trying to build for you, even what the pastor has communicated to you, and now you've gone home, and now you're reading it, you're going to read stuff over some of his notes, you're going to like, I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. And in it, the Holy Ghost is going to begin to erect a structure for understanding of what you've just, what you've, he's just communicated, what you've just read. So praying in the Holy Ghost um, is, is multifaceted and it ha carries much avenue. It, you know, in the Azusa Street Revival, I remember, um, I think he, he prayed for, I believe it was like for two and a half years or some, some like astounding time, for like several hours, maybe eight hours a day. But the move that came out of it but there were others praying, you see? In the Argentine revival, one of the, one of the key ministers out there was the same thing. He was in Argentina for the longest time and nothing was happening. And, and the Lord said to him, you know, you need, you know, a worker works eight hours a day for his food. You need, to, you need to work eight hours a day for yours. Start praying. And he started praying eight hours a day and he did that for months, right? And then a revival struck, right? There, God was erecting something in him to be able to sustain him for what was about to come. And he was also praying things out. What do I mean by that? If you don't get bigger on the inside, God cannot use you for mighty miracles. Because the same anointing that he has placed upon you and is using you to operate in is the same anointing that can destroy you if your character isn't right. Yeah, that's good. You see? So what he's actually doing is he's building up a structure in you to be able to stand and carry that anointing, carry that presence and to deliver it. And that's why you see very many ministers and a lot of people never get to the place where the gifts of the Spirit function adequately. Yeah, true. And it's because they aren't prepared. They have not paved or prepared by praying out and developing what God requires in order to carry that anointing. You see? So let me encourage you again. There's more that is at stake than you thought by not praying in the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. We're missing out on a whole lot more if we don't commit and dedicate our time to that. And I know some of you are committed to it, and I know some of you are doing it, but I'll tell you, if you're praying 35 minutes a day, keep doing it until God takes you to 45. Amen. That's right. And if you're praying 45 a day, keep doing it until God takes you more. Yeah. You know, in time past, it used to be where, you know, 30 minutes for me would be great, you know, and, and I'm, again, don't compare yourself to me because, you know, sometimes, you know, you, I, like you, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it today, Lord. Okay, and I lie in bed and I pray in tongues for, you know, for a while. Um, and I don't get up and, and, and go around. But if I really want to feel like I'm refreshed, I got to pray an hour and a half. If I really want to feel like I've touched the throne of God, like I've, I've really stepped into something, I've got to pray for, for uh, about that time. And 
I don't know why that is. It's just over the years I've just, you know, continued. And, and, and it's almost for me, I guess, you know, half an hour and praying in tongues. It, it's good, but I just can't get the stuff that I want, right? You know, I want to walk out refreshed. Now, again, we're all at different levels. Please don't compare, compare yourself to where I'm. And, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that, you know, that is the end all be all. You know, you, maybe you, you're so proficient, you can get 30 minutes what you need in 30 minutes. I can't, right? I need longer. Point being, dedicate the time. Take the time to do it. Take the time to, to get into the spirit. Um, another benefit of praying in tongues is that we stay refreshed spiritually. Now, let me just go over the, 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 the five points again, because I want you to remember this. You pray apart from your understanding. Praying in tongues can bring revelation of the word. We speak mysteries to God and pray for things we are not aware of. When we pray in the spirit, we fine-tune our spirits to the spirit of God. Praying in tongues edifies or builds us up spiritually. And the sixth point is we stay refreshed spiritually, especially during challenging times. In Isaiah, um, Isaiah 28, 11, it says this, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. To whom he has said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. It's referenced again in 1 Corinthians 14, 21. The word refreshing um, in Greek, uh, it's, it's like a picture of a, of a recovery of breath. So, you know, you've, you know, you're running, you're racing, you know, I'm racing Reverend Taylor, you know, I'm winning, you know, I'm ahead, you know, and I go through the finish line, I win, but he made me work. Especially, you know, since Abs McGee has been working out and doing his thing. He, he, he made me work, right? And now I'm recovering. <sighs> trying to get my breath. Well, picture that, right? This refreshing is a recovery of breath. It's like you've been doing stuff, you're challenging it in it, and now God's going to refresh you. Um, another picture of it is, it's almost like, and it's the same word, it's a revival. It's a revival on the inside. Um, it also, also brings a thought of to recover from the effects of heat or cooling. So, so in, in praying in tongues, there's a refreshing that will come. And maybe that's why you know, I find that I have to stay up a little bit longer, um, you know, because there are things you go through that you need that refreshing. You know, during challenging times, um, I remember I, you know, I talk about it sometimes, where I was going through something and fully aware it was demonic. It was a demonic attack. And, you know, I felt bad that, you know, I was dealing with it for, you know, a couple months. Um, until I heard Pastor Nancy talk about this. She was dealing with something, you know, for like every, a year and a half, every, you know, a couple, then a year and a half. She, and I thought, man, you know, it, it made me feel better because, it, not that I was glad that she was going through that, but it gave me understanding that we get attacked. Yes, sir. And she's on such a level that, she will continue to get attacked, right? And so that, that attack, that level of attack, I was dealing with it, and I'm like, you know, dear Lord, and, and I would get up 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, I do this for weeks, right? Uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I start praying in tongues. I start praying in tongues. I push in, and I pray in tongues. I start reaching out to God. And after, you know, a significant time of doing that, my refreshing came. That rest was there. Now, I was still binding the devil. I was still rebuking him, right? 
this just seemed to be something that was just hammering me, right? Um, and then I finally got victory over it. And it's never happened since, and it you know, probably will never happen again. But understand that just because we're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, um, we pray in tongues, we love God, we walk in love, um, we go to church, we're under a great ministry, and people pray for us, doesn't mean you're not going to get attacked. <laughs> it does not mean you're not going to have to go through things, or you're gonna, not going to go through things. Um, but because the Holy Ghost is there as a helpmeet, an intercessor, a standby, an advocate, he will undergird you as you go through. And what I also find too is as I, you go through something that might have been, you know, like it's, it's like a, a real challenge, on the other side of that is a higher level of anointing that God has for you. And somehow the enemy has realized or understood what God is doing. So he has taken the opportunity to try to break you down and cause you to, 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 to back off, yeah. right? So I would encourage you if, any of you, if any of you are going through uh, a challenging time, um, push in with the Lord in prayer yeah. because that refreshing will come and, and you will eventually step over the thing. Um, and once you do, the anointing will increase. God has more in store for you. Um, you know, again, I've, I've heard too many ministers, you know, talk about this. Uh, you know, I was reading, uh, again, Ian Smith Wigglesworth recently. Same thing. He said, you know, hammered, 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 and all of a sudden, bang. But he goes, but praying in tongues. The refreshing I got from communing with God. And that's the other thing, you know, that I, as, as, as I'm, I'm speaking to this coming to me. I don't, I don't know Reverend Taylor unless I spend time with Reverend Taylor. I see him, handsome, you know, hair slick back, 30 pounds lighter, you know, he's like, come on, bring it, you know. Um, and I talk to him. But the more I talk to him, the more I understand what he's about. And the more I talk to him, to him on a more intimate level, the more I understand what he's about. So I remember the one, one time that, you know, I think Pastor, you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago, had said, um, why don't you guys, you know, you know, talk, you just two had just gotten married. And he said, why don't you, you know, talk to, you know, a couple and just ask them something you don't normally ask or, or whatever. And I mind my own business, so I don't ask people stuff. But, I, but that day I said, okay, fine. So I sat you two down and, and we're there and we're talking and, and I learned so much about Corinne. Um, about living in South Africa, and, and I was like, I was amazed at some of the stories she was telling me. I didn't learn much about Taylor. I mean, his life's kind of like, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There was, there was, there was plenty. There was plenty I learned because I stepped over the superficial. Hi, how are you doing? What's going? What's happening? Whatever. And you know, I had a heart to understand more. And and when you have a now, you know, who's greater than God, right? When you have a heart to understand more about God, um, you know, he'll, he'll reveal, he's able to reveal more to you. Next thing, it eliminates selfishness in prayer. Romans 8.26. Go over to Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26, okay? Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And the next, the next verse, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to the, his purpose. Who, do, who does all, good, all things work good for? Those who are spending time in prayer. 
And who is spending time in prayer? What, who are they being helped by? They're being helped by the Holy Ghost because they're praying in tongues and he's making intercession for them. Right? So by praying in the Holy Spirit, we, we, he's able to intercede on our behalf and he's able to um, um, get things aligned for us. Also, in this form of prayer, it eliminates selfishness. It's not all about you. It's not all about me, right? When we're praying in tongues, it eliminates selfishness, just like the, guy in a, the lady in Australia prayed for the guy in Africa and he was saved. Um, point eight, it helps us in our worship of God. Praying in tongues helps us in our worship, worship of God. John 4, 23 says this, But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The word worship in Greek means to kiss the hand towards one. It's almost like you take someone's hand and... You kiss the hand. Uh, you know, this is another example of what, you know, what the, 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 the Greek kind of meant. But it's, you know if you have a dog and he loves you and he licks your hand? That's, what it kind of, that, that's kind of an illustration as well. It's that kind of endearment, that kind of love. But it's, but it's doing it to someone who's superior. Okay? So it brings a worship to kiss the hands toward in token of reverence. Right? To fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. Um, kneeling or fall prostrate, prostrate to do homage to. Right? Um, this is what worship is. And in praying in tongues, it helps us to worship God. Um, Ephesians 5.19. Flip over to there. Ephesians 5.19. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. And I'll close with this. Yeah, I'll close with this. Ephesians 5.19. When you're there, say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I heard you from home. (laughs) Amen. Uh, This is, I remember Pastor Nancy said this, and it's it's very interesting. She said, the Lord told her, for those who do not do this, there are things that they will never get from God. Let's say it this way. There is an arena of God's will that we will never get into unless we do this. And it's praying and singing in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So I'll read in Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is an art or this is a type of prayer that is ignored. This one is completely ignored. Um, most people don't know what it does. Most people don't understand about it. Most people don't even know that it's in the Bible. Okay? Um, but for Christians, and this church is different. Um, but for Christians who don't know this, I'll tell you. Get into this and understand it. This is the stepping over part. This is what um, Pastor Craig talks about when he was praying and a psalm came up. This is what um, Pastor Jenny talks about when you know, she's, you know, she's praying all of a sudden God brings something. This is what um, you know, Reverend Taylor does when spontaneously as he's singing, all of a sudden he begins to pray in tongues and all of a sudden he begins to speak in English. Okay? This is stepping over into a realm of the Spirit, which is really exciting. Um, 
Part of what I did when I, when, I, when I opened up and I began to speak, that was coming out of my spirit. That was not coming out of my head. That was not planned. It was not something I was thinking about. So really what I was doing, I was prophesying, but, but this is along that same line. Okay? So speaking to one another, that word one another is, is a word which also means to oneself. It's also in Colossians 3.16 because the same, same um, scripture or same um, um, thing is there. It says, speak unto yourself one another in hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs um, in, in Colossians 3.16. Um, but it's, it's, it's speaking in a psalm, and a psalm is an ode or a poem, okay? Um, it's speaking in a hymn. A hymn can be um, a song to God or about God. Okay, um, and a spiritual song is a song that you didn't even think up, you didn't even know, and it just came out of your heart, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that, and you wrote it down, yeah. or you sung it. Okay, this kind of praying um, brings refreshing as well. This kind of praying brings rest. This kind of praying is worshiping God, um, and this kind of praying, did I say it, brings revelation. It brings revelation. Right? As we begin to speak and sing in hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. This kind of praying you can stir up to a certain degree. I've been talking for a while, so excuse what I'm about to do, the way it sounds. It's like praying in tongues to me. I just want to sing. So I open up my mouth and I begin to sing. I don't know what I'm going to sing. I don't know what the melody is going to be. I don't know what the, the tune is going to be. I just open up my mouth and I say the word in tongue that comes out and a melody comes out with it and I let my voice go like I'm singing. You can enter into that. Anybody can do it. And the more you do it, revelation, refreshing will come. And there are things that God will speak to you. Um, I believe it's Acts 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, this is ministering to the Lord. This helps you to minister into the Lord. So let me close with this. I'll just go over very quickly again the points just so you know what they are and encourage you to pray in tongues. You pray apart from your understanding. Praying in tongues can bring revelation of the word. When we pray in tongues, we speak mysteries to God and pray for things we're not aware of. When we pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues, we fine-tune our spirit to the Spirit of God. Praying in tongues edifies or builds us up spiritually. We stay refreshed spiritually, especially during challenging times. It eliminates selfishness in prayer. It helps us in worship to God and in thanking Him. It's a spiritual sacrifice. Amen?
Those are the benefits, and there are more, to praying in the Holy Ghost. But I encourage you, saints. I know a lot of you do it anyway, um, but I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, step into more of what God has in for you. This is such an exciting part of, of our Christian walk, um, to, to, to participate in what God wants to do in the lives of people and around the world, and to take you into, into deeper things with Him, um, to give you understanding and to unveil things for you. Um, this is what praying in the tongues is all about, and so I'd encourage you to do it. Praise God.